Hello, are you ready to dive into a world of captivating conversations and insightful perspectives with Leap Listens? I'm Sarah and I'm joined by my co-host Roger. Hello. And together we'll be your guides through our third podcast series. Leap Listens is proudly presented by Leap Create, a dynamic people communications agency that partners with organisations to communicate their unique culture and values. Go and check us out at leapcreate.co.uk. So join us as we explore the latest trends, share success stories and uncover the secrets of effective communications in the workplace in just 15 minutes or maybe a little bit more. Today we're joined by recruitment marketing and employer branding specialist Gina Godseff. Gina, welcome to Leap Listens. Thank you. It's really nice to be here. Excellent. So Gina, tell us about you and your work in employer branding. So I've been in the recruitment industry for, well, all of my professional career. I started off working agency side. And after five years of that, I realized, I think it was 2019, that my passion really was in all things talent attraction. I made the leap to go internal into a role that was very heavily recruitment marketing. So that was a really big focus on driving applications. And in that role specifically, a core area that I looked after was was tech, technology. And it's probably no secret that the tech industry is is one of the most competitive out there. So day to day, I was trying to convince software developers, leave their jobs, come and work for us instead. And I knew that I needed to explore other options. You know, it wasn't just about driving applications. It was where all of the real employer brand strategies came into play. But I guess, I guess the rest is history from there. Excellent. So Gina, tell us, why employer branding and recruitment marketing have to work hand in hand? I think for me, it goes back to the type of audience that you're trying to connect with. So obviously, given the tech example just before, but as a whole, you've got to think about the difference between active and passive candidates. Active candidates are looking at job boards and trying to assess whether they can do the job that they're looking at. Whereas passive candidates, you know, they might be keeping an eye on the market. They're fairly happy where they are. So they're deciding whether they want to do this job that they're looking at. Um, The reality is you've got to use both skill sets to get the best people through your door. Recruitment marketing is key to making sure your vacancies are in the right places and seen by the right people. So, you know, advertising on the right job boards or running a targeted paid social campaign. But employer brand is what's going to seal the deal. Um, as with any type of branding or marketing, you know, you need to be front of mind for your customer. And the only difference with employer brand is that our customers are candidates. So they need to buy into us as a place to, that they want to work. And that ongoing focus is is so, so crucial. Typically, the best candidates are already in a job. They're quite comfortable where they are. And when they do decide that it's time to move on, they've probably already got a list of five, six companies they wouldn't mind working at. So, and that, and all of that is down to employer brand. What type of impression are you leaving on people that aren't necessarily looking for a job in that moment? Yeah, no, that's great. I, I um, read a stat this week. I think it was 77% of job seekers look mm-hmm. for clues in terms of culture and what it's like to, to work somewhere. So, you know, a weak employer brand, you're going to struggle, aren't you, to attract the right candidates? Yes, 100%, 100%. And I imagine there's still a lot of companies that are still using that traditional approach to recruitment. 
marketing, um, which involves job posting and careers fairs. I mean, do you think that's that's fine for some people? Is that, or do you think there's always going to be problems with that? Okay, don't get me wrong. Job postings, careers fairs, and all the more traditional methods still definitely have a place in that bigger picture of recruitment marketing. You know, we use a combination of attraction tools here at AO, of course, job adverts and, you know, job fairs for some of our business areas. But it just goes back to to really knowing your audience and understanding where are those people hanging out? You know, if you're looking for a recent graduate, maybe you want to try a campaign on TikTok. Or if you're trying to target software engineers, what about advertising on Slack or Reddit or something much more specific to, to that world? You've got to be able to adapt what you're doing depending on who you're trying to attract. And I think that's the key thing. There is no one size fits all. I think I'm probably AO's best customer. In fact, I'm surprised that you haven't <laughs> heard of me before. I've bought so many things from you. Um, and the reason being is that I've just thought it's so easy and it's quick. Stuff arrives quickly, really simple to use. All the people on the end of the phone are always friendly and really helpful. Yeah. And I guess some of that dust, brand dust, sort of rubs off on what I imagine the employer brand experience is like. Is that what you tend to find when you're interviewing candidates? Do they, you know, the experience that they have of the brand at that um, customer level, are they assuming that it's a very similar place to work based on that? I think so, yeah. I mean, there's there's a huge level of authenticity, I think, that runs through our brand as AO, I think, as a whole. You know, you've got, you've got a lot of, you know, people like yourself, people that have been customers with us from, from an e-commerce point of view, and there are businesses that I'm associated with as a customer that maybe I wouldn't work for based on their reputation and it comes down to that it's it's you know it's it's we do pride ourselves on the people that we hire and really creating that brilliant experience for customers and we want that to shine through for candidates as well and creating just as much as an important candidate experience and um really making a difference in those moments that matter as we do for customers I think actually Roger is probably your number one <laughs> fan customer. Yeah, he does talk yeah. about AO a lot and the and the customer experience. Yeah, so it's great. quite funny. Um, so Gina, what are your thoughts on companies that heavily market themselves as like a great place to work, um, even though the reality doesn't match up to um, what they're projecting? Sort of like catfishing employees. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I've definitely seen it happen quite a lot. And I, I, one of my biggest bugbears is, is statements that don't carry any weight. Do you know what I mean? So when someone says, this is a great opportunity, you know, tell them why, like, don't just make these throwaway statements or we're a market leading business, but in what, what are you doing? So I'm, I'm a huge, huge advocate of transparency, authenticity. Um, and I think to be fair, most candidates are too. They appreciate that. That's what they want to see. There's a stat that something like 92% of people trust recommendations from friends and family of any kind of like marketing, advertising, promotional sort of material. And that's why employee advocacy is so important. It's some places we'll call them brand ambassadors, but I think it goes way beyond that. It's about creating that culture where employees want to share their experience about working there and, you know, there's no incentive behind it. It's, you know, personally, if I was looking for a new job, I need to hear real people working for that company talking about how great it is for, for me to really believe it rather than just a brand saying, 
come and work here, we're great. It's it's the meat on the bones. It's the real people saying exactly exactly why they're a great place to work. How do you help facilitate that advocacy? Because we, you know, as employer branding specialists and mm-hmm. an agency ourselves, you know, we're often producing videos and materials where people have been picked and chosen to appear in the employer brand film. They'll talk about what a great place it is to work, but they're, you know, they've been chosen for a reason. They've been picked beforehand and that's all fine. But if you're going to do that organically, how do you help facilitate those, say, highly authentic things that people might do off their own? And back, how do you encourage that sort of content? It, it goes back to creating that culture and that place where people are comfortable to do so and share their experiences. So one of the things that I do in AO is deliver sessions on, some, sometimes it's called personal branding, sometimes it's called more employee advocacy, and I suppose the different teams we use it in different ways. The recruitment team are learning more about how to really utilise their own networks and create more of a brand for themselves to talk about the business, but also when they do then come to share their jobs externally, it's it's creating that platform and that network of engaged people. But likewise, really explaining the importance of it to hiring managers and how they can use that as part of their strategy to bring new people in and get more people engaged. Again, going back to the whole, it's, it's an education piece. It's It's telling them exactly why they should be doing this, what the benefits are and and creating a place where people really want to talk about that and share that externally I think if, if, from my point of view as employer brand manager it's okay well, when you do that can you just use this hashtag or can you tag the right account in it so there's little bits that I do to maybe steer them in the right direction but ultimately it's got to come from them um, and, and, and I do find that with a lot of the work that the content that we produce and the work that we do you do get volunteers you do get people that say I really want to be involved in this I want to share my story which is great it's just how do we upscale that how do you continue to to drive that message that's great so how can recruitment marketing campaigns help to reinforce a company's employer brand This is, for me, where it goes back to how the two work completely hand in hand. Um, Employer brand is essentially the perception of your company in the external market. So you can influence that by all the things you do internally and how they're spoken about. But it all comes down to reputation. So with every campaign that you run to help drive applications, which would be more of that recruitment marketing side, it all feeds back into that perception of your business externally. And a bit like what we were saying before, Roger, with the candidate experience, it begins way before they've even applied for a job. They might have been a customer. They might have seen a piece of your social media content. What are people saying on Glassdoor about them? What type of language and tone of voice is used in the job adverts? You know, every single touch point of every campaign that you run essentially feeds into that employer brand experience. I was thinking when you've got a brand like AO, where most people's experience of that brand is with a contact center and then with a driver, you don't necessarily, you know, assume works for AO. And for some people, for average person in the street, that then feels like that's probably most of the roles. So how do you mm-hmm. go beyond that and show people that AO is a business that's more than contact center roles? Not that there's anything wrong with contact center roles, but sure, the experience yeah. isn't just limited to that and there's jobs like yours and there's all sorts of other roles how do you kind of broaden out it to, to show a bigger picture of a business beyond just what customers experience 
I think, again, it's it's going back to employee advocacy. So people really talking about what they do day to day, the projects they've worked on, things that they want to share externally, then helping to drive that. We've got, I could probably list off a number of people that I would, like I say, call brand ambassadors that we haven't had to identify. They're people that just love talking about what they do day to day. We've got software engineering managers who are well known on LinkedIn you know we're lucky they work for us we've got people in L&D that always talk about the courses they're doing and and how that's impacting the business and that's these are people that I haven't had to nudge and say can you do this you know and and I think it's just continuing to drive that message and and using different ways to produce content that showcases that you know and and I think typically in some of those more customer facing roles the operational roles like like customer service and the contact center sales you know anything in logistics like the drivers they are typically the sort of things that like you say people would expect a company like io to have but you know thinking about all the different analysts we've got the finance team and, and all of the different components that that make up the business um yeah it's just about showcasing that in in a in an authentic way with with the brilliant people that we do have working here Excellent. So in what ways can you use social media um, to leverage both employer branding and recruitment marketing efforts? So if you asked a recruiter in, I don't know, 2006, how they thought they would be attracting candidates to their jobs, I don't think anyone at all would have predicted how far social media will have, would have come in that time. And especially not in the way that we use it for jobs and recruitment. Some audiences, like I said before, will have quite specific platforms that work for them but even if you just take one in isolation like LinkedIn sure it's more of a professional networking site but it's still a social network um, and the ability to showcase your company's employer brand what you stand for what your people are like and then throw in that little yes we're hiring it, it's crazy especially after the pandemic and I think for me in the last few years, a lot of people are realizing that you can have that balance between work and life. And sometimes with things like working from home, the lines can get blurred. You know, it's like you don't mind just opening your laptop a little bit later at night or logging on a little bit earlier. And they really want to fully invest in a company before moving jobs. So it, it's so important to put that out there because candidates are now doing so much more research before making that decision to apply for a job. Yeah, and it goes back, doesn't it, to your passive and active job seekers and having that always on brand awareness campaign and then, sub, you know, having the, the recruitment marketing campaigns to supplement Definitely. that. I just wanted to ask you what you felt the biggest challenge it would be for employer branding specialists this year. Really good question. Personally, I think the need for employer brand has just skyrocketed so much this year because we've come out of a place where in the pandemic, so many businesses were in a growth period and it was all about numbers and applications and just so, and just getting through them. I, I know a lot of businesses that put up extra stages to actually help reduce that funnel at the top during the pandemic. And I think now with businesses potentially scaling back and with making more strategic decisions or not necessarily growing it is all about that why should somebody come here why should somebody leave their role and I think it's really articulating the message of why someone should should choose your business 
over someone else's and and you've got to remember you know you're probably not going to be competing with the likes of, of Facebook and Google and and all of these big big brands you know even AO being a big brand you still got to remember that actually that candidate is probably only in the process with a few other people at that time and why is it that they should choose you and accept your offer than someone else's um so i think i think it's that i think for me it just goes back to the why and really articulating what it is that you can offer and staying true to that and and being proud of of, of your offering and, and what you can do as business great answer Fantastic. thank you gina this is a bite-sized podcast, as you know, and you've talked very insightfully and eloquently about your employer branding experience. One question that we like to ask people is their current top reads, and that could be listens as well. Well, I I have to stray between fiction and non-fiction all the time. I love a lot of fiction, I'm not going to lie. But in terms of things that I... Uh, massive advocate for um two of my favorite people on linkedin in the industry are james ellis and mitch sullivan you've probably heard of them i'm sure many people often speak highly of them as well james has a book on employer branding called talent jesus you which is really good if you've not read it I definitely recommend reading that and i believe he's got another one on the way which is more for small businesses he's not paid me to say this i don't actually think he knows who i am but um, <laughs> it does sound like a paid promo um but it's really good i've seen a little preview of it already and excited to read that as well and again Mitch Sullivan I think he's like the recruitment marketing oracle on LinkedIn and he's also got a really brilliant book on recruitment it came out a good few years ago now but it's a bit of a handbook for me I think going from agency to in-house and the different types of, of skills that he's picked up along the way copywriting and a real focus on the job adverts piece as well another really good read so they're two of my key ones that I keep coming back to I must admit definitely you've been brilliant um and I've really enjoyed like chatting to you me too that's a wrap thank you Gina really thank you so much you thank you so much for having me thanks for listening for more expert insights check out our other bite-sized episodes perfect for micro learners and those with a short attention span just like me and if you're interested in being a guest reach out to us at leapcreate.co.uk see you next time Thank you.